0: Shalom to all. Today's daf is Shabbos daf Kuf Yud Aleph. We're starting the Mishnah eleven lines from the top. Today's daf is sponsored by Yosef Chaim Ben Chana and Miriam Basros. They should have only Hatzlacha and bracha in all areas of life. The Mishnah says, b'shina if someone has pain in his teeth, he's not allowed to sip or rinse vinegar because that's obvious he's doing it for refuah. Avol hu kedarka he's allowed to dip his food and tit like he regularly does. Vim nisrape, nisrape and if he gets healed because of this vinegar, then that's okay. It doesn't look like he's doing it for refuah. Hachashish if someone who has pain in his loins, He's not allowed to smear himself with wine or vinegar. That's obvious he's doing it for a fuah. He is allowed to smear himself with oil. That's done even by healthy people. But not rose oil because it's very expensive and hard to come by. So it's obvious that he's doing it for a fua. But princes are allowed to smear rose oil on their wounds. Because they do this even during the week just out of pleasure. So therefore on Shabbos, if they have a wound, they're allowed to do so. It doesn't look like it's for a fuah. Rabshemin Aim Rabshemin says, Israel, are considered princes. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the king of the world, and we are His children. So therefore, we are princes, and we're allowed to use shem and vered on Shabbos. The Gemara says Rami Le Rav The tall Ravacha asks, asked. But that's rabavo Acha. Rabavo, Papa. Rav Bavo. He asked, asked Mishnah says of someone that's pain in his teeth like Ma'abehenas HaChemetz, He's not a sip of vinegar. L'memur Hachayim Malah Does that seem to imply the vinegar is good for the teeth? But if it says in like vinegar is for the teeth, and smoke is for the eyes. Obviously, we see that vinegar is not good for the teeth. The Gemara says like it's not a problem. The the Pusuk is talking about the acrid, acidic stuff that comes out of fruit, such as unripe grapes. That's like vinegar, and that's not good for the teeth. But our Mishnah is talking about regular vinegar, which is good for the teeth. by Alternatively, Havachala. Both the Mishnah and the Pusuk is talking about regular vinegar. One is where a person has a wound and one where it doesn't. If a person has a wound on his tooth, Masi, so then it will heal him. If he doesn't have a wound on his tooth, it's actually going to loosen his teeth and it's not going to be good for his teeth. The Mishnah had said, One may not sip vinegar. The Gemara asked for time you have a so All right, pilot, you're not allowed to sip vinegar and spit it out because then it looks like you're doing it for a fool. But you're allowed to sip it and then swallow it because then it just looks like you're eating it. Our Mishnah was teaching us who was telling us that you're not allowed to sip vinegar and spit it out because then that's for a fool, but you're allowed to swallow it. Our Mishnah could even be talking about sipping it and swallowing it, and that's not okay. One is before you dip, one is after you dip. Eating a meal is referred to as dipping because they would dip a lot during the meal. So if he was sipping his vinegar before the meal, so it's very possible that's the way he enters his meal by sipping vinegar plain, and that would be allowed to be done on Shabbos, even if it was for a refuah. However, if he was sipping his vinegar after the meal, obviously he's doing it for a refuah because he already finished his meal. The Gemara says, Hold on one sec. Let's say that since before the meal it's permitted to sip it and swallow it, so then after the meal it's permitted to sip it and swallow it, also we know from Rava, the Islay Hayl, he holds the principle of Hayl since. Dhamma Rava Rava says, Let him there's nothing on Shabbos that's permitted that would be Usser on Yom Kippur. shari since it's permitted on Shabbos, nami shari. So on Yom Kippur it's also permitted. So let's apply that same concept over here. What's going on? The Mishnah Beitza permits one to be tevil in a mikvah on Shabbos. Rav explains that this is mutter because it looks as if he's just bathing for pleasure. Now if he looked like he was doing so in order to become tahar, it would be Usser. Why? One may not be tevil kalim in a mikvah on Shabbos because he's being attacking them and this fellow in the Mikvah would look like Tikun if not for the fact that we can say that he's only going to the Mikvah to the bathe. Now the Gemara takes issue with that because on Yom Kippur it's also the bathe for pleasure. So why would it be permitted to go to the Mikvah on Yom Kippur which we know is Mutter? So Rava responds with this principle of Hoyl since it's permitted on Shabbos so it's also permitted on Yom Kippur. So let's apply that concept over here too. Since it's permitted to sip and swallow vinegar before a meal it should also be permitted to sip and swallow vinegar after a meal. So the Gemara says hader <laughs> be retracted from his answer that it's permitted to sip vinegar before the meal because of this concept of hayal and he doesn't want to apply it to permitting to sip vinegar after the meal the Gemara says hold on who says he retracted from the vinegar psaq? maybe he retracted from the Shabbos and Yom Kippur psaq and does not allow a person to go to the Mikvah on Shabbos because it would be usher to go on Yom Kippur the Gemara says don't say that the tanya. we have a beferish any person who's chayv to go to the Mikvah they have to be because they're they're allowed to go to the Mikvah Ban Bitasba of Bambi kippurim whether on Tishabov and yom Kippur. So we see clearly we have a brysa, which Rava can't argue with, tells us that a person may go to the mikvah on Yom Kippur, and it must be that we're gonna apply the concept of Hayl. Therefore, if Rava was chayzer from one of the Psakim, it must be he was chayzer from the Psak that he allowed a person to sip and swallow vinegar before meal and not after meal. Therefore it must be the Rav agrees to by the distinction between the brysa. and our Mishnah is when one sips vinegar and swallows it, or one sips it and spits it out. The Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah of Masnav, and we had a machlekis of the Mishnah between the Tanakam and Reb Shimon. The Tanakam had said that if you're not a prince, you're not allowed to use rose oil on Shabbos because it's clear that you're doing it for Rifua purposes. It's very expensive and hard to come by. And if you're not a prince, you usually don't use rose oil unless it's for refuah Whereas Reb Shimon said that everyone is a B'nai Melech, and therefore we're allowed to use rose oil on Shabbos even for healing purposes. Amrav Abba Barzavdo, Amrav, he said in the name of Rav Halach Reb Shimon, the Lach like Reb Shimon. And the Gemara asked, Does that mean the Rav holds like Reb Shimon? We have a stopper of a barrel. This was a cloth that was wrapped around the faucet of a barrel and was shoved into the corners and crevices to prevent wine leaking out from an uneven spout. One may not press it into place on Yontif because he's going to end up squeezing out wine that's inside. And this would be a davr sheeinim ischav. And he doesn't have intent to squeeze out the wine that's there, which is an isr of schita. He just wants to press this stopper into place. And nonetheless, Rav says that it's asr. Obviously he doesn't hold a like Krib Shimon, who tells us that a Darbushaven is mutter. So the Gemara says, no, that's not a proof that Rav doesn't hold like Krib Shimon. But he after Rub Shimon that even Reb agrees you're not allowed to press this stopper into place. The Damit both of Bayan Rav say, Might Rub Shimon Psychresh Vilayamas, Reb Shimon agrees by Psychrish Vilayomas, if it's an inevitable consequence that he most definitely will end up squeezing out wine, so even Rav Shimon would say that it's Asr So it's not a proof that Rav doesn't hold like a Krupshimon. But the Gemara continues, Vama Ravchia Barashi Amarav, Ravchia Brashi said the name of Rav, Halakha Krebyhuda, the he taught this Belay Gavri without anyone Quoting it in the name of Rav, he just said it directly. Rav Amar Rav says Halacha k'reb Yehuda, which Amar Halacha K'rab Shimon. So we see Beferish that Rav Paschman is like Rabbi Yehuda, not like Rabbi Shimon. So how can we say the Rav over here holds like Rabbi Shimon in our Mishnah? Amar Rav, Rav explains Aniva Arisha B'Chabura I and the Lion of the Chabura, meaning the head, the chief, the most chashvun in the Chabura. We explain this Manu, who's the Arisha B'Chabura, that's Reb Avin. Halacha v'lav mi'tameh the Halachas of but not like his reasoning. My what does that mean? The like shimen, but not based off of his logic or his reasoning. even if you're going to say shimen, like shimen, that he permits even a regular person to use rose oil on Shabbos. Tame, but it's not like his reasoning. Shimen, safari, holds masi the rose oil heals. Safari, rav holds loy masi the rose oil doesn't have any healing properties, and that's why a persons allowed to use it on Shabbos. the Rav loy masi, Rav holds that rose oil doesn't heal. Malachim, sachan, lagai, makasein, shem, vered. The Tanakama himself holds that princes are allowed to use rose oil on Chavez on their wounds Obviously, Mechalal Demasi. Obviously, even according to the Tanakama, it heals. So Rav can't argue with Tanakama. Ella must be Halacha Kav like Shimon shari. The Halachas Kav Shimon that it's permitted to use rose oil. mi tanameh, but not because of his reasoning. Rav holds Afal Gav DeLoi Even though it's not common to find rose oil in this area or this locale, Shari, it's still permitted because everyone's Bnei Melech. For Rav Sav Rav holds no. Ishchiach. If it's common to find it in this area, therefore it's not so expensive or hard to come by. In then it would be permitted to use because dafka. this person, is using it for healing. But if it's not easy to come by in this area, then a person's not allowed to use it because it's clear he's using it for healing. In Rav's area, rose oil was shriach, it was common to come by, and therefore anyone, even someone who's not a Ben Melech, is allowed to use it on Shabbos. Finishing the 14th paragraph of Shabbos, and all of shas together. Now we begin this next part discussing knots. One is chai for tying a knot that is a kesher shell kayama, one that will last indefinitely. This is learned from the Mishkan, where torn threads in the curtains of the Mishkan were knotted together. And the mishnah says, These are the knots that a person is going to be chai for tying. Kesher Agmalim, knots of camel drivers, v'kesher asapanim, and sailors knots. In the same way he's chai for tying them, he's also chai for untying them. We had learned previously in the Gemara in Dalid, that the people that would trap the would be constantly tying and untying their nets in order to set them up to be the proper size, so we see that even untying a knot, a person would be chayiv for. Rav Meir, Rav Meir says, If a person is able to untie a knot with one of his hands, and chayiv in all of, he's not going to be chayiv on that, and the is going to explain why. Now the Gemara says, My Kesher, Malav, Kesher, Sapan, What exactly are these knots that we mentioned in the Mishnah? Even if you're going to say, Kitra de mama, It's the knot that was tied to the nose ring, meaning it's the knot connecting the leash to the nose ring. Or, if it's the knot connecting the rope to the ship's ring. So, I, Keshir that's a kasher initial That's not long lasting. That's constantly tied and untied. say used to read the gufa. This is the actual nose ring of the camel and the actual ring of the ship. Now the nose ring of the camel was actually a piece of rope that was threaded through its nose and knotted. This remained there permanently. The ship's ring was also a rope knotted to the ship, and that had a rope tied to it when anchoring the ship. This too is permanent and not removed. So that a person is going to be high for tying or untying. And the Torah continues trying to explain the mystery of meir May- emik. Call Kesher anything that can be untied with one hand is considered not Kesher Shal Kayama. By Rav Chadvoy Achvi Demar Achva, Rav the brother of Mar Achva, asked Anivul Rav Meir Mahu. What about a bow? A to of Meir. Rav Meir is Rav Meir's reason why he says something that can be tied or untied with one hand is not Asher Mishum D'yachalatiru Bi'achas Miyadav. Who, since you could untie it with one hand, V'honami Yachalatiri, and this too, you could untie it with one of your hands. A bow, I'dil Matamid Rav Meir. Perhaps our Meir's reasoning is Mishum Hadik, since it's not very tight, and that. That's why. So the fact you could untie it with one hand is just indicative of the fact that it's not a very tight knot. But this is a very tight, solid knot, and therefore it would be usur, even though you could untie it with one hand. Gemara says, Let the question stand. We'll have to wait till Yohan navi comes to answer it. The Mishnah says, There are knots that a person will not be chayv for tying the same way that he's chayv for tying a camel driver's knot or a sailor's knot. A woman could tie the opening of her garment. This is a garment that's similar to a priest's garment that has a strap on the left-hand side that's tied to the right shoulder and a strap on the right side that's tied to the left shoulder. on Strings of her hat, or strings of her girdle, or, or the straps of a shoe or sandal, or skins of wine and oil. They had these flaps that were tied down, or a piece of cloth that was tied on top of a pot of meat instead of a lid, it had this piece of cloth tied to it. Rebbe Lezer ben Yaakov, he says, one may tie a rope in front of an animal in order that it doesn't leave. This is, means that you're tying a rope in front of the stall of the animal so it doesn't walk out of its stall. The Gemara says, the Mishnah itself seems to be problematic. Amrit, we said in him, that there are knots that a person will not be chai for tying like one is chai for tying a camel driver's knot or a sailor's knot. So that implies, there's no chiv for tying them, but if a a person who would tie them, it's still usher to do so. And then the Mishnah says right away that a woman may tie the opening of her garment implying she may do so even and that it's not usher, it's mutter. The Gemara says, This is really what we're saying in the Mishnah. We're missing a piece. There are knots that a person is not going to be chai for tying like he would be chai for tying a sailor's knot or a camel driver's knot and water those knots on the top Kitcher the kush. This is what we had previously mentioned in the Gemara, which was the not connecting the leash to the nose ring or the not connecting the rope to the ship's ring. And the Gemara says, There's no Eka, but it's still usher to do so. The reason why is because a person may leave the rope there for a week or two at a time, and therefore it's usher, but he's not going to be chai for doing so. But there are some knots that are completely, even the what are those types of knots? All the other knots that we subsequently mention in the Mishnah.